0: On today's episode of Let's Grow Together, I talk with Jason Brown and you'll hear my story and how this individual helped me when I needed it and I know that this message what he shares can help many of you. There are so many valuable insights that he shares. You know, he is a stock trader expert and that's what that's what his field is, but we don't even talk about that. We talk about so many other things that are critical to the success of being able to, to do what he did, which was build his, a six figure business when he was still working a full time job, which is just truly incredible and inspiring. If that's something you can relate with, if, if you're trying to build your business, um, or even if you already have a successful one, I promise you that the things that Jason talks about in this episode will help you get to the next level because when we're working on ourselves, that's how we can grow. So let's just dive into the episode, but first, the intro. Welcome to Let's Grow Together. My name is Nick Monotaris, motivational speaker and digital marketing strategist. And this podcast is all about helping you grow both in life and business. Let's dive in. Hello, we are back and I am super excited for this guest. This individual had a huge impact on me a few years ago and I'm really excited to kind of share that with him because I'm not sure if he's aware of that um, or not, but I'm looking forward to diving into his story a little bit more and everything he's achieved. So, Jason Brown, welcome to the show.
1: What's up, Nick? Glad to be here. And I am not familiar with that story. So, I'm (laughs) looking forward to hearing it too.
0: (laughs) So, what's awesome is I want to say it had to be sometime in 2018 or 2019 whenever you were on, um, I think it was 2019, whenever you were on James's podcast.
1: I think it was 2019, yeah.
0: Yeah, Um, but I want to say it was earlier in 2019. But at the time, you were talking about how you were able to build a six-figure business while still having your full-time job, which was incredible. And at the time, I had a full-time job that I was working trying to build my side hustle. And so... I remember that moment because for me, it was like, okay, like this is possible. Do I need to have like six figures before I leave my job? Wasn't necessarily, but I had reached out to you on Instagram. I had said, thank you for, for the podcast episode, started following you then. Um, but you know, it just had such a huge impact on me of like, what is really possible to getting your side hustle started and making it your full-time hustle. So it was super, super inspiring for me. So first off, just thank you.
1: Yeah, I i don't even remember that message. <laughs> you know, you get so many DMs, but it just goes to show like be kind, show love to everybody because you never know who who's watching, who you're inspiring, you know? So yeah. I'm humbled to even know and hear that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your story, like how you were able to to do that, you know, what, what started, you know, what was kind of going on during that time when you were doing both in the full-time job, but then also working on, you know, building this business that now is full-time.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I'm an investor first and foremost. So I'm a stocks and options trader. And really for me, what this was all about was everything in my life was really based around how do I get more money in the stock market. So like I went and got, went back to school, got my degree because I wanted to get a better job so that I didn't get more money to put into the stock market. So everything I've ever done was like, how do I get more money in the stock market? Because I had some success early on um, with the stock market made over, I took a $10,000 student loan, turned it into like $120,000, then I was day trading for three years, lost all the money and had to go back to work. And so I was like, how do I make more money at work so I can put into the stock market? So went back to school, got my degree, was starting to invest again. And then I started moving up the corporate ladder, not necessarily just because I wanted to move up the corporate ladder, because if I can get paid more and don't increase my lifestyle, I can put that money into the stock market. And so the whole point behind that story is, as I hit that hundred thousand, I, I think when I left corporate America, I was making like 110,000, something like that. But even at that level, I was like, how do I get a million dollars into my trading account, right? And so for me, I, I was seeing, hearing and seeing about people selling courses and teaching and stuff like that. And I thought, well, I was part of somebody's program. Like, I wonder if people would pay me to be part of my program because I'm making money in the stock market. And I saw this as a way to build like a million dollar trading account. So that was really my motivation for, I mean, obviously second motivation was like, I could help people, but I mean, first it was totally selfish. It was like, how do I get a million dollars in my trading account? I could teach this stuff. And I, I, you know, I think I could get paid for it because I bought the information from somebody at some point point. I'm just as good as these people, I felt. And so that's really what made me start my business. And then as I started the business, I started to see like the power of it. And I realized, I mean, I knew early on, even from investing, like I wanted to own my time. I don't want to sit in front of a computer and day trade all day. And so I looked at my business the same way. I said, I need to figure out how to build it part-time while I'm at work. Because once I go full-time, I technically don't want to work it full-time. Like, I still want to be part-time. I still want to be free. And so that led me down the journey of, instead of looking at my job as a negative, I looked at my job like, number one, um, I need to figure out how to do this part-time. Because if I quit and I'm like, see, I told you I needed full-time, then all I did was build myself another job. So that would have been an immediate problem. Number two, I worked for a Fortune 50 cable company as a regional manager. And basically, I was afforded to basically be an entrepreneur within the company. So I was able to run my own division, sales teams, etc. So I looked at my job as like training grounds. I'm like, oh, I get on the job training them how to run a team, how to run a business. I had team members in different parts of the state and we did the Zoom calls and webinar. It's like, how do I manage a team remotely? I'm like, I'm getting paid to learn how to do this stuff right now. So I looked at my job like, okay, they're going to pay me to teach me how to be an entrepreneur basically. And so instead of quitting, I'm like, if I excel at my job, I'm going to need those exact same skills when I go over into my business, right? How to hire people, how to coach, how to fire, how to mentor, how to motivate, um, how to organize a remote team, et cetera, how to deliver on sales results for a big region. And so, I I just looked at it as a springboard versus like a burden, like, oh, I can't do this because of my job or like they're holding me back. I was like, nope, they're giving me the opportunity to learn. And so that's that was really the motivation of how I I saw things.
0: That's awesome. And I have had a, a similar experience because what I was doing before was very similar to what I do now, but I just wanted to do it for myself. So all of the experience, you know, people are always like, how do you know this stuff? And I was like, well, cause technically I've been doing it for seven years, even though I haven't had my business for that long, exactly. you know, that's what we do. We utilize the experiences, but I love what you're talking about in just seeing, cause basically I'm, what I'm hearing is you had two ways of seeing it. You're seeing your job as a burden holding you back or seeing your opportunity to basically fund your new venture. And, you know, to me, that's, that's huge. I mean, that's, that's everything. You know, you have that choice to decide how you want to see these two different things and what you're willing to do with your time on the side. Now, did you find it difficult with like, you know, cause you have a family, right? So was it hard doing all of these things together or was it because your job was flexible? It kind of allowed you to, to do a lot of things.
1: No, I just, I'm a big proponent of just using the time that you have wisely. And so um, if you look at like, for example, for, I was married, I just got married, but I didn't have our, our two kids that we have now. But, um, so, so let me back up. So let me tell you how I think about marriage, kids, family, et cetera. I, I had a friend who said, I want to go back to school. She just had a baby and her, well, she didn't just have her, her baby's like two or three. She said, I want to go back to school. I want to get my PhD, et cetera, but I just don't want to miss out on this time in our baby's life. And what I told her was, I said, well, one thing that we know for sure is it's going to take you two to three years to get that PhD. And you're going to have to be absent somewhat for two to three years. So I said, you have to choose if you're going to be absent from age two to five, five to eight, 16 to 19, 21 to 24. Uh, You're going to have to pick. But one thing's for certain it's going to take you two to three years of dedication and focus to get that degree. And so I'm sharing that story with you because when I got married, I said, it's going to take me two solid years of just focus on this business, not our marriage, not kids or whatever the case may be to build it. So I just had to ask myself, do I want to go ahead and get it out the way for the first two years or do I want to be six years in two kids later now talking about I need to take away and pull away from the business? And I think you can do it no matter what step you're at. I think it's just so important to recognize the sacrifices are going to have to get made no matter what. What's not gonna change is you go have to spend some late nights, some early mornings. It's just up to you if you wanna get it out the way or if you wanna keep delaying it, but you're gonna have to pay the price at some point. So was it easy having a family? No, but I knew up front that if I paid the price now, when we did have kids, we'd be free, so to speak. And that's kind of the lifestyle today. We got a nanny here while we're recording the podcast. I work from home. I only typically work one day a week that I have to work. I do work other times shooting podcasts or YouTube videos, but I don't I only have to really deliver one day a week for my members. And, and, and you get a freedom lifestyle. So I knew this day would come if I put the work in there, which made it easier to make the sacrifice um, then. So,
0: yeah, that's a, that's exactly it. The sacrifice I'm willing to put up that, the upfront costs. Because it's interesting for me, I had a very similar situation in that like a lot of times my friends and they family and they see me just like working all the time. That's the perception that they see. And, you know, they think, well, that's just going to be your life. You're just going to work all the time. You're just going to be a workaholic. I was like, no, the idea is to work way more now so that I can work way less in the future. I don't have a wife or kids. But the goal is to have a business that's running itself. So when I do, I can do what I want, when I want with them, not just like continue working 80 hours a week for the rest of my life. Like that's not the goal. It's, you know, how can I put the time in now and do it later? And it's so funny because I had a friend, you know, one of my roommates at the time, he just didn't get it. But now he sees I moved to San Diego, I'm full time in my business. And he's like, now, I get it. I thought, I thought you were crazy. Like he literally thought I was nuts, you know, in doing this. Um, but so like, what do you think for you was so helpful in your success to be able to, you know, create the business, create this freedom for yourself?
1: Uh, success as far as what tools or mindset, or, I mean, there's so many ways we could go. That is
0: yeah. a great, that is a great question. I would say more on the mindset aspect. Cause I think to me, that's, that comes first, like the habits, the mindset, cause everything else is, you know, you can figure out and do different ways, but I feel like, and you could, you know, agree or disagree, but there's certain fundamental mindsets that you need to have.
1: Yeah. I mean, you have to agree with that because tools are tools, right? You could give me any tool, any email, any CRM. Well, I'll build a funnel around it. I don't, I don't care what the platform is, right? So, as far as mindset that helped being successful, really, it's just having a long-term vision, right? So it's you when you have a long-term vision, you make different decisions today. Like if you're only looking at tomorrow you'd be surprised at the decisions that you make that'll come back to haunt you. Cause you're like, I didn't think about that. You know, you think about people who go to jail or some, something, you know, that end up on first 48. It's like, they went to go meet their friend at the ATM to borrow $5. And in that moment, they just had a great idea. We'll just rob them and tell them, take 40 more dollars out or empty out the account. It's like, They didn't think like, oh, what happens if the gun goes off by mistake? Oh, they got cameras at the ATM. They just thought for the next five to 24 hours, five minutes to 24 hours about, oh, wouldn't this be great if we just robbed them? I know this is a weird turn of events, but I'm saying people do that in life too. And it makes everything harder. And so for me, when I'm thinking long-term, it was easy to put in the sacrifice easy to put in the late nights because I wasn't thinking about how much money, this don't make me money in 90 days. This doesn't work or I'm a failure. Right. I was already thinking 10 years down the road, kids, um, taking them to school every day. So I'm thinking 10, 15 years down. So no way is something so small going to knock me out the box. Right. And, and so that, is what really helped me just thinking long term, And so I knew I would figure it out. I knew this is where I was going. I knew it had to work cause other people made it work. The only question was like, how do I make it work for me? Cause if it's one thing I've learned is that people are not special, they are not special. I learned that from when I took my first $2,000 to a major bank at 18 and I said, I wanna be rich. I came back two years later at like 2021, 20, two to three years later, and they basically lost $1,300. And I was like, these people go to school for this. They work at a big bank. Surely they know how to invest. And they lost my money. And that's when I just realized like, man, these people ain't special. Like they just know something you don't know. So when I was think coming into the game, I'm just like, You know, these people aren't special. All the people that people look up to in the industry, like, oh, they're killing it, they're doing this. They're They're not special. They're just, they just, A, know something you don't know. B, they're doing something you're not doing. And C, which is the one that most people discount is they've been doing it longer than you. You know, you look at these people and be like, they just had a million dollar launch. It's like, well, they had a thousand dollar launch, $10,000 launch hundred thousand dollar launch you know how many contacts and emails and how their reputation has snowballed over the 10 years to now when they send an email they can make a million dollars at the click of a button and it's like i want to share with you my secrets of how i generated a million dollar launch it's like the secret is if you stay in this game long enough you have a big enough list and a big enough following and they will trust you so much that when you click the button they'll get out their credit card without even thinking about it because they know you deliver value. And I know that the only way to get to that point is through time. It's not by running more ads. It's not, it, it's, it takes time to build a reputation. And so I, I would say that's, that's my secret sauce or My mindset that helped me is just like, like I'll win if I don't quit. I'll have a big following if I don't quit. I'll have 100,000 email lists if I don't quit. And so that's what really just helped me stay focused and help me become successful, quote unquote. And it's like, I don't know, it's even weird saying become successful because what does that mean? But it's helped me make a ton of money and live the life that I consider success.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's exactly it. Is is We live in this world of instant gratification. We want things Right away, but we don't look at some of these people that are like, "Man, I want to be like them." It's like they've been putting out content consistently since 2007, you know. So of course they got Whoa. a 10 million dollar business, you know. It's like uh, this is this is what we need to see, you know. And and getting over that hump, getting over this, like not seeing the, not wanting things right away, being willing to be. and and see things further and I think you I I know you did you said something on on Clubhouse the other day uh, when you and I were on I think Jen Casey was hosting and she's going to be on the podcast soon as well and talking about just enjoying the journey and not so much the destination does that tie into kind of what you're talking about here in the long-term vision as well
1: yeah it it it, it's to me, that's the reverse of the long-term vision. And that is enjoying the right now. Like, how do you get, how do you survive to get through to the, see the long-term vision even come into play? But the reverse of always focusing on the future is also enjoying the process right now. And I want to be more like, give you tangible or your audience tangible examples. So like, what does enjoy the process right now? Cause someone might be saying, you know, I don't have the money you have, or, um, you know, I'm spending time away from my kids or whatever the case may be. How am I supposed to enjoy the process? I just spent a thousand on Facebook ads and no one signed up. And for me enjoying the process was, it was like, I spent a thousand on Facebook ads, nobody signed up. It's like, ooh, I just learned that nobody likes that image. It cost me a thousand dollars. So now I need to change the image. Okay, now people are getting to the website. I spent another thousand dollars, but nobody's, they click and they get into the website, but nobody's registered. I'm like, ooh, now I know they like the image, but they don't like the copy on the page. Now I need to change the copy, spent another thousand. They clicked the image, they got to the page, they registered, but then they didn't buy. So now I'm like, ooh, it's something I didn't explain in the webinar. Now I need to rework the webinar. So that's enjoying the process. It's getting excited that you're one step closer versus like, this doesn't work. This sucks or, you know, no one clicked. It's like, no, 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 no. You just learned something. It cost you a thousand bucks, but you just learned something. And if you look at it like that, you start enjoying the process. You start enjoying being like a chemist uh, in the laboratory. Like you're just, you know, testing different things to see what happens. And you know that you're going to get closer and closer to, you know, since we're going through COVID, I'm going to use this analogy. You know, we're getting closer and closer to a vaccine, you know, and you're, and you're going to have your breakthrough and the world's going to open back up to you. And so you have to get excited about testing and knowing that you're getting closer to your vaccine, you know?
0: Yeah. And just like what you said, you know, even to tie back to what you are saying earlier in like having that choice of seeing the opportunities we're seeing what's holding you back. So you have the choice to see, oh my gosh, I just lost thousand dollars, or hey, I just paid thousand dollars to learn this valuable lesson. You know, and it's like you said, you know, being the scientist, it's critical. We're tweaking, we're changing, and and being willing to just keep tweaking, removing our emotions out of it too, you know, so that we're making sure it's like, all right, well, what's what's working? You know, what's not working, and how can, how how can we move forward? And just enjoying that process, you know, what's, what are you, what else, what's your other choice? Oh man, this stinks. Like, do you want to just like not enjoy the process? Because at the end of the day, that is your choice. And whether or not you want to enjoy it or you want to be miserable the whole time while you're trying to, you know, build your dreams.
1: Yeah. And here's the thing. Most people don't understand is all the money and the shiny numbers people share. It looks so sexy If you don't enjoy the process, you don't realize you're actually signing up for a lifetime of that. So when people be like, I don't like going live, I don't like funnels. I don't like running ads. I don't. It's like you do realize that is what you're signing up for for life. Like people think, oh, I'm just signing up to make a million dollars. I'm going to just do my business and enjoy. It's like. Even if you don't do it personally every day, you're looking to hire someone to do it. You're overseeing it. You need to make sure they're doing what they do. So it's like, you signed up for a lifetime of sales and marketing and providing value to people. And so it always kills me if people are like, I want to enjoy the journey, but I don't like this part. It's like, well, that's what building the business is. I like just doing all this part, but I don't like taking care of the taxes, the finance, the back. And it's like, well, If you make a million dollars every year, every year, you're going to have to try to figure out how to pay less in taxes. So like you might be in the wrong industry if you don't like figuring that out because you're going to have to figure it out every year because it's part of making a million dollars plus. So it's like it's just it's just this weird dichotomy of people want to pluck things out of it that they don't like when really you need to be accepting all of this process and this glory because that's what you're really signing up for a lifetime of you know yeah you think you think i'm i'm successful and i'm like i don't want to do podcasts anymore it's like no podcast is what gets you discovered and what gets you to this level i don't care how much money you make you go jump on somebody's podcast so it you know it's people think at some point i won't do that anymore it's like you yeah and you won't have a business anymore right so you might as well start embracing it and loving it now or at least figuring out how to live with it right right you talk to will smith or any of these actors there's parts of their job they don't like but they they know how to turn it on and shed a tear on camera they know how to turn it on and get in the script you think they wake up every they don't never have a headache or don't feel like acting or kevin hart doesn't feel like being funny today like i'm sure he has some days where he's like dude I'm, i just i don't feel like cracking a joke and as soon as they cut the camera on, he's like okay showtime right so That's the difference between an amateur and a professional. There's going to be some stuff you don't like, but the professional knows how to compartmentalize that and get the job done. So you might as well start figuring that out now.
0: Yeah. Being willing to do the things that you don't necessarily want to do. It's part of the business, you know, and there's certain things you potentially can outsource to if you don't want to do it. And that's another thing. But again, that's all, part of the process as well. You should still have like some fundamental foundations before giving that. I always talk about that with people with Facebook ads. It's like you should have some idea because then then the people you're hiring are telling you stuff and you don't even, you know, you can't even understand the basic level of what they're saying. You know, as a business owner, we have to have some idea of the different pieces. We don't have to be a master at each part, you know, that's part of the journey. But then, you know, we're building the team, you know, we're building different people and, but being able to properly manage the team, we have to have that insight and and knowledge for ourselves. When you were building your business, did you have that concept of, you know, you knew that you had to build a team. You mentioned that earlier, but how quickly were you building a team with your side hustle?
1: Immediately. Day one. Day one. So first person I hired was a virtual assistant. The first person I hired was a VA it just made sense so I'm I'm, I'm more of a like I don't know what you would call I me mean, more technical and practical and so I I'm, it's just it just made sense to me that if I'm working a full-time job the only way I can get 48 hours in the day is to duplicate myself there's no other way to get 48 hours so or in the work world if I'm working eight hours for corporate it's like how can I get eight hours again? How can i do eight hours in my business at the same time i'm working corporate because people might have emailed me at 10 o'clock in the morning and it's like well can't respond till after six or something like that so i'm like how do i get a second set of eight hours the only way to do that was to hire somebody so from day one i came out the gate hiring that was my first hire of virtual assistants and it just made sense i said i'll keep my day job so i don't need any of the profits from the business Um, as I started making money from the business, I would pay her and actually hired her before I was even really making money from the business because I live below my means at my job. So I made a hundred and something thousand, but I was living off like 40,000. Right. So I I hired her immediately because I I immediately knew the benefit of duplicating myself. Right. And that was one of the biggest uh, helps in building the business to half a million dollars while I was working a full-time job was having somebody else that can, you know, execute things while I was quote unquote at work.
0: Working smarter, not harder. Just because you have a business doesn't mean you got to do all the work yourself.
1: Yeah. And I'm an investor again by nature. So to me, I didn't look at her like, you know, again, most people have the short-term view like, well, I'm going to pay her and I'm not making any money or him, but it was a her for me, Michaela. Some people are like, how am I going to pay this person? I'm not making any money, but like, I'm an investor. I was like, I'm going to take a portion of my salary and I'm going to pay her because I saw that as an investment, not a, like, not an expense. I'm like, I'm investing in her to learn certain things to do while I'm at work so that we can get on the other side of profit from the business. And so You know, you say, you know, what has helped you, what other mindset has helped me is looking at everything as an investment from day one. I just, I just come into the game looking at stuff like an investment. I immediately bought the best software, the best automation. Like it just made sense. It's an investment. Anything that I could do from keep to give me more hours in a day or help me run the business without me being physically present while I was still able to work, I bought it. Like, if it was like, this thing will send an email every time someone emails you, I'm like, I want it. If I don't have to wait till after six to send somebody an email back, if I could get like the standard emails and answer it in one email and say, if your question is this, your question is this, your question is this, it fired off an email automatically. I was like, I want it. Like, I was just always about what's the investment that's gonna allow me to systematize, automate this. Who do I need so that I can run this part-time So when I go full-time, it's still part-time. I came out the gate day one thinking like that. I love that. So
0: when I go full-time, it's still part-time. That is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And like you said, you know, that was going to be my question. You went right into answering it. It's like how important is investing, you know, in yourself, because that's basically what it is. At the end of the day, yeah, you're investing in a software or you're investing in tools or you know all these different things. But at the end of the day, you're investing in yourself because you know that when you invest in this thing, that you're gonna get, you're gonna do what needs to be done to make sure that you're making that income. And when you invest in these different tools, it allows you to then focus on the most important tasks in your business that are gonna generate and move the needle. You know, get the revenue that you're looking to to pay for those costs.
1: Exactly, at some point, and, and like anything in life, you don't get worse by doing it more, you get better, right? There, There's not one category where someone does something over and over again, they typically get worse at doing it. So when you <laughs> think about it like that, it's like it only gets better from here. It just, it just, whatever your first day was, your worst day was, it only gets better from there because you don't do it and get worse at it, you only get better. So I knew it was only a matter of time for the investment pays off, you know, whether it's in her software or, or or re-recording courses, you know, it's just, it's only a matter of time. You go live one time and you stumble and bumble, you go live the second time you stumble and bumble a little less, right? Every time you do it, you get a little bit better. So by definition, your first time will always be your worst time. Every time after that, it just gets better. And so if you look at it like that, it's like, well, let's get worse out the way so we can go ahead and get to good and let's get good out the way so we can go ahead and get to great.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. I love it. You got to get started. Be willing to take those first steps and be seen, you know, being bad, you know, or learning the process and being willing to just give it a shot, take the first step forward you know, when yeah. you were talking about earlier, like one of the most important things when you're going through that, that the three lists, you said, like, you know, a lot of the s- most successful people are just doing something different or doing something that you're not willing to do. It could just be that one thing, taking that first step, like showing up on social media, going live, showing up on a podcast, being Absolutely. willing to just be bad.
1: Absolutely. We talked about this in, that, in the group one time when I jumped on that call, I said, just look at. Everything that the people who don't make the money you wanna make do, what do they all do? They all complain in the group. They all say ads don't work. They all say they are scared of getting on camera. And you could just take the list of what su- unsuccessful people do and complain about. And if you just do the opposite, you're gonna kill it. It's like, I'm scared <laughs> to get on camera. It's like, okay, get on camera. I tried this for 30 days. It didn't work. It's like, try it for longer than 30 days. You're going to be like, it just is. They give you the recipe of what not to do. Just do the opposite. You'll be successful. Oh man. So easy. Breaking it down. It's if you think about it like that, right. I watch people complain. i would be like, okay, don't do what that person do. Cause that clearly ain't the path to a million. You know, I sent one email and no sales. It's like, okay, note to self send more than one email. Like, you know, it's just simple. <laughs> yeah. Follow up the keys in the follow
0: up. I love that. Now yeah, we'll I do, do have...
1: the opposite of what <laughs> unsuccessful people do, you know,
0: who knew that it could be so simple. What a simple process to just, Oh, look at all these unsuccessful people that you don't want to do. And then the flip side too, is looking at all the successful people that you do want to follow the people that you do want to see, what are they doing?
1: Yeah, now that can be that can be a little tricky. And that's why I went with look at the unsuccessful people. Now, if you're quote, unquote, unsuccessful, I don't mean that you're not a successful husband, father, person of God. So don't don't take this episode the wrong way. I'm saying unsuccessful in your business, your revenue or wherever you're trying to get from that standpoint. And so what I'm what I'm trying to say here is when you got to be careful, though, of saying, like, let me just do what the successful people do, because sometimes you can't see what's happening in on the back end of the funnel, right? You might be like, they're giving away a free ebook or a free course. And you're like, should I just give my course away for free? But you don't know they have a back end membership that they're upselling people into. So you, you, you also have to take a little grain of salt, you know, like i like, for example, I see like Russell Brunson. I love Russell Brunson, but sometimes, you know, I, I don't know if Russell listens to your podcast. He's a big timer at ClickFunnels, right? But I take I always take what Russell Brunson says with a grain of salt, though, because Russell has such a huge following that Russell would be like, how I sold 10 million from the stage. And it's like, well, everyone knows who you are at this point in the game. So you could get up there and just say, click the button. And he'll be like, I found out you don't need a sales page or anything. Just all you have to do is put a red button and say, click the button. It's like. Yeah, Russell, like that's sort of true, but there's all this other stuff that people don't see behind the scenes of you building your company, of you building funnels, of you having a reputation to get to a point where you could just say click the red button, right? So sometimes mimicking the successful people could also be a little bit of smoke and mirrors. I'm not saying that successful people, there aren't some things you can follow, but you won't get exactly their results because you haven't put in the time, you haven't figured out what your audience wants to hear and you also haven't fully built your authentic voice. You know, so there are some, um, what what do we call that in the investment world? Intangibles, right? There's tangible things you can do, like go live, do this. What you can't measure is, like you could create a shoe, but what's intangible about Nike creating the shoe is the brand. They just put a swoosh on it immediate credibility. You immediately believe it's a good shoe. You immediately believe the shoe's worth a hundred bucks. If Jordan puts his name on it, you immediately are willing to pay 300 bucks for it. I could come out with a shoe tomorrow. Like I did what Nike did. I made a shoe. I met with the people in China, uh, hired a little local athlete to run up and down some stairs. I videoed it. Like how come no one's buying my shoe? Right. So, tactically I did everything Nike did, but the intangible, it's like, yeah, they got a hundred years of building the brand that you don't see. Right. So, right.
0: No. And that's a great point because we often are not seeing the behind the scenes, you know, people will be like, Hey, I got this seven figure business, but their expenses are over over seven figures. And it's like, all right, well, right. You don't even know these people that you could be looking up to have, you know, all of these underlying things that you can't see. So it's so important that we make sure that we stay grounded and focus on what we're doing because you don't know the behind the scenes. You don't know the back end story.
1: You don't. I've seen people have a $300,000 launch and like behind the scenes found out they spent $290,000 or 200,000 plus on Facebook ads, you know? So it's like, you didn't really mention that part, <laughs> you know, just like, I had a $300,000 launch. Anyone can do it, <laughs> you know? So, eh. but that's a yeah. whole other story, but I'm right. just saying.
0: <laughs> yeah. And at that point, at least they're in the profits. Cause there are, I'm sure people that are, <laughs> you know, but then again, it's like, you know, knowing your numbers is an important thing in that aspect, but You said it spot on, you know, again, you can't always look at what these successful people are doing from the outside, you know, and try and mimic them exactly. And, you know, Russell Brunson, he is like the key of the up, the king of the upsell. That's like his whole thing. I mean, you try and download his free book. You got to click. I don't want something like six times in order to actually get the free book.
1: Right. Right. The free book that's not really free because they free plus handling shipping and handling yeah target. so
0: you're paying the you know eight bucks for the shipping and handling that you know covers their cost but also you know there may even be a profit in that i don't know how much it costs them but
1: bare you know, minimum probably breaking even knowing that guy right, right. and Sucks. they
0: but they know they're gonna make up for it with all the all the upsells i know he got me i bought the audio i skipped <laughs> through five different things and then i was like oh the audio would be nice i could listen in my car Exactly. Yeah, I'll do the upsell with the, with the audio.
1: <laughs> exactly. So that's the stuff sometimes people don't see when they're trying to mimic somebody else. But you, know, you only get through to that other side by being in these circles and also continuing down your path till you start to figure out what works with your audience, what upsell, what this, what that, what can you give away for free? And you only figure that out if you don't quit and you got that long-term vision. I think that's the the big thing I want people to take away right you only figure out your niche your calling your upsell your special offer if you don't quit and if you get to keep the long-term vision to know that someday you will be the Russell Brunson of your industry you will be the the James Webb Morris, the Knicks of your industry but you only get there if you go through the fire you know Go through the fire.
0: Yeah. Being willing to, to try different things and see what's going to work. You know, there's so much trial and error that goes into that process and figuring out what's going to work, you know, and it goes to that long-term vision. Like how much time are you going to be willing to put in to get that, those results that you want? I don't know if you know, Rachel Hollis, but I know, I know I saw her speak at the Kajabi summit and she talked about that. She's like, Yeah, I look like an overnight success, but you don't see like the 10 years of me writing books that no one was reading. You know, absolutely. All of these yeah. things are are just like so essential in realizing, all right, the the best way and the quickest way to success is by just doing putting your head down, making it happen, trying things. And, and you mentioned, you know, doing what your, what your audience, what works for your audience, you know, and some of my clients like, Oh, should I do this? And I'm like, well, maybe different for you. You should try it. You know, one one of my friends reached out to me and he was like, what do you think about this idea? I said, it's a great idea and you should do it. I don't know if it's going to work, but at least you can try and figure out if it doesn't tweak it. And what often happens, it ends up leading to something else. You know, it's like this staircase that you're looking up and you don't see that there's actually a turn ahead until you get up a few steps. And then, you know, there's another direction and something else that you never thought was even going to come because you didn't take those first couple steps.
1: Yeah. I tell my team, I I tell my team, like we had sent like a promo out. We did some type of promo. I don't remember which one. And like, I think one person bought it or two people bought it. And like one person on my team was like, oh, I'm so sorry. This promo didn't work. I said, why are you sorry? I said, this is what we do. We test stuff. We found out nobody likes that promo. <laughs> like we just won't run it again. Like it's nothing to be sorry about. And so like I even train my team. Like, you know, I don't really like when they come to me. Like, do you want it like this or do you want it like that? Should we post this or post that? I'd be like, have we done it before? Like, no. I'm like, let's try it. Like, if they hate it, we won't post that again, right? If they love it, we figure it out. So like, we only know by trying it. It's like, if if I can get to where I'm at and you post one thing and it tears my whole business apart, like, I never had a business anyway. If, if that was going to crush my business, I mean, you know, barring, barring is something like not political or racist or something like that, I mean, that stuff can crush some careers. But I mean outside of anything astronomical, right? My team wouldn't post anything like racist, sexist, et cetera. Um, But outside of that, I mean, there's not much you can do to like tear down what I've spent years building at the click of an email button, you know? Yeah.
0: I was talking about that with somebody recently in regards to like Instagram and and whether or not, you know, they asked me if it should be raw or more like polished. And it's like, all right, well, if you've only done polished, then you don't even know what, a more raw photo is going to do for you. Right. You know, you're so, people get so wrapped up in are Oh, this is how I want it to look, but they're not willing to actually try something else because it's what they want. Instead of realizing like, what does your audience want? What does your audience need? What's going to have the most impact? Cause from my experience, the unpolished ones tend to do better, but that's, you know, looking at my data, looking at the mm-hmm. audience and, and seeing what, what works.
1: Absolutely. I've seen some stuff where sometimes I look at some people's pages and I'm like, all this curated stuff. And then I go to some people who got like thousands of followers, hundreds of thousands. And it's just like, they just post whatever. And uh, sometimes your mind is just blown. I mean, you don't know if they're fake followers, real followers, but sometimes your mind is blown that like, there's people that come and just totally break the rules and it just works. It's like, Oh, I thought it had to be a professional picture. Had to be smiling in each one. I had to write a perfect caption. And then there's some people that's like, How you feeling today? That's it. That's the caption. Everyone's like, I'm feeling great. Thanks for asking. How are you? And then I write this beautiful the world is your oyster. You can be whatever you want. God has your plan. You should feel positive, empowered. And it's like, leave a comment below. And it's like, no comments. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, so you just got to test it, man. You just yeah. never know.
0: <laughs> and I love it. You know, you mentioned like, oh, you know, like the rules, like I have to post it like this. And it's like, there are no rules in business. Absolutely you know, no
1: rules. There's only one rule. Don't quit and, and make money at some point. <laughs> <You
0: know>? <laughs> <laughs> at some point. That's that's a key, key part. Definitely need to, you know, you don't have a business if you're not making money. And I think sometimes people get caught up in that as well. You know, they want to help people. They want to serve people. You know, I don't want to raise my prices. And it's like, you have a business to run, you know, what do you want? You know, because at the end of the day, what do we talk about? Investing, you know, people, the transformation comes when people are willing to invest, you know, and actually putting the money down. Transformation is in the transaction. I had a client, Same thing. I asked him, I was like, would you have showed up to the calls if you didn't pay? And he was like, no, probably not. And so I'm like, so why don't you, why do you want to give your services away for free? (laughs) Like, You want people to show up and get the results. They have to be willing to put, put their credit card down or else it's just another thing. It's just another free thing that they're going to not pay attention to. The more you invest, the more you pay attention.
1: And the moment they hit a little speed bump, you know, Oh, I didn't feel good. Oh, the kids, you know, it's like, ah, I'm not showing up today. Let them pay some money. They'd be like, kids, I know y'all are sick. You'll be okay. I got a call to jump on. Right. I got to get everything I came to get from this person. I paid. Right.
0: Hmm. Absolutely. I'm curious in regards to like investing. And I know, you know, you've invested in a, in a lot of things in a number of different areas. Is there one particular thing that you invested in, whether it's a book, a podcast, a, a program, a tool or anything that was just so impactful for you?
1: Uh, I mean, there's always things that impact you at different levels. So for example, when I was just like, flat broke and just like want to learn about money and wealth like the thing i invested in was rich dad poor dad audiobooks i mean it cost me like 14.99 that's probably been the most impactful thing i could have bought because it changed my mindset of how i thought about money people working and me working for money and all this and that so i mean like at that stage it was the rich dad poor dad book audio version on up to you know, paying, you know, 25 to $30,000 to be in a high level mastermind. What I learned from that was I had everything I needed to be successful. I needed to go execute now. I didn't need to learn another thing. I didn't, I thought I needed to learn this, learn that, ads, this, that, and the third. It's like, I left thinking I got everything I need to be successful. There's no other group. There's no secret formula. I just got to go execute now. So, I mean, at different stages in my life, there's always been something that has been like super impactful. Right. You know, that I answer
0: jo- changes.
1: Yeah. It changes. Um, one time I joined like a local business group and they all had like brick and mortar businesses. And like, that was super impactful for me because I didn't learn anything from those guys. But what I did was leave feeling like, I don't want a brick and mortar business. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like it made me appreciate the online. Cause at first I was like, man, I got to record. I got to send emails. I got to, Build the funnel and like i thought that was a lot of work until i had joined this local group and they like i got inventory I got a truck coming in one of the things broke and was shipping shipping costs went up and i was just like it was the most boringest stuff you could ever talk about and i need a second inven- warehouse for inventory and i was just like oh god Like, so then I was like building a funnel and recording a video, all of a sudden doesn't sound so bad. So like, even in that situation, it was so impactful to be around that group because it taught me what I didn't want. So, you know, there's just so many different things in life that I've invested in that has helped.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's such a great example because often we, we think about things that whether or not we think we're going to like it or not like it. Or it's going to be successful or, or it's going to work or it's not going to work. Whereas in this case, it's like, Hey, you joined this group and you learned a very valuable lesson that this is not what I want. And in order to, to know the thing that we want, we need to have what we don't want. You know, you need to have that like horrible ex-girlfriend to figure out, all right, well, I don't want, I don't want this example, you know, to happen to me again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes just knowing what you don't want, is as powerful as knowing what you do want.
0: Yeah, I love that, and I love that you mentioned um, "Rich Dad Poor Dad" because to me that was—I mean—that was a huge um, impact for me, and I'm, I'm recommending that book to people all the time as well. Great is there book. any other any other books that were that you like recommend a lot to other people?
1: Off the top of my head, "Think and Grow Rich" was a second one that was very impactful for me. You know, one of the quotes that always stick out is Henry Ford when, um, you know, his his guy came to him, his engineers. He said, "I want you to build a a V8 engine." And the engineers went, worked on it, came back and said, "It's impossible. We we can't build a V8. It's impossible." And Henry Ford said, "Build it anyway." <laughs> oh God, I love the bravado of a guy that you look in the face and you're the expert and you say it's impossible and he looks back and says okay build it anyway like talk about the bravado the guts the belief that guy had to look at his engineer who's supposed to be the smart one who just told him it was impossible and he said okay build it anyway And, and as you know today right there's cars that have a v8 engine they have a v10 v12 um So it's just so cool to see like the bravado of some of the old wealthy people, like that mindset, like, yeah, I'm going to have a V8 engine car. So go back and figure it out and let me know when you're done. But it's impossible. Okay. Let me know when you finish (laughs) (laughs) building.
0: Yeah. If you think it's impossible, then I'm going to find somebody else that thinks it is possible. Yeah. And it's it's
1: like, yeah, go ahead. No, just because we're going to have AVA. And it's like, you have to look at your business like that. Like, I didn't make money this year, but that's okay. We're going to make it next year. If I don't make it next year, that's okay. We're going to make it year three. There's something about life that wants to know how bad you want it. And they're going to throw some stumbling blocks in front of you and say, like, how bad does he want it? Let's let him lose $500 on their first Facebook ad. And it's like I want to be a millionaire. I want to retire my mom. I want to put my bring my husband home. You you hear all these people with these outlandish stories, right? And then it's like my first Facebook ad failed. And it's like, so forget retiring your husband, putting your kids through college. Forget being wealthy. A five hundred dollar loss on the Facebook ad took you out the game. Like it's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. It's funny. It's like the stuff that people dream that their life will be like. And then the, the in comparison to the thing that knocked them out and made them say, "Never mind, I don't need to be wealthy. I don't need to put the kids through college. I don't need to bring my husband out. Like it's so funny when you see how big their dreams is. And then like the littlest thing that knocks them out the box, you know, I couldn't figure out Kajabi. So I guess this is over. It's like, okay, if that's all that stood in the way between you and your dreams, you weren't going to get there anyway.
0: <laughs> it's exactly it. It's the commitment and what that commitment is. And, you know, in the Henry Ford situation, he was committed regardless of how long it takes. And I think that's the big thing to ask, you know, yourself is like, how long are you willing to wait? And are you willing to like not have a time frame and just be willing to just make it happen regardless Cause like, that's, that's the level of commitment on the call yesterday. You know, I was mentioning before the, before we jumped on to record, like James talked about, um, you know, if you're a parent, you're going to, you're so committed that you're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that they get fed. They have a shirt on their back, regardless, there is nothing that could come in the way you could get shot and you'd be like, no, I'm still going to make sure like my kid is fed like that level of, of commitment yet so many of us don't have that commitment to our goals, to our business and literally willing to do whatever it takes.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's mind blowing that, like I said, the things people want to achieve and the mind, the, the, the smallness of the things that knocks them out of the box. It's just, it's mind blowing.
0: Love it. Amazing. So awesome. We talked about some incredible things. I mean, your story is amazing to go from, you know, the freedom that you've been able to create to having that full-time job. You know, we talked about that the sacrifice. There needs to be that upfront sacrifice and, and be willing to, to take that time now so you can reap the rewards later. And that only happens with that long-term vision. You know, you mentioned how important that long-term vision, having that that foresight, really seeing like, what do I want? You know, what am I willing to do to make that happen and seeing it not three steps ahead, but seeing it further down the line. Um, I love that he said people are not special. And that's just so on the dot, you know, when you look at other people, like stop comparing yourself because they are no different than you. If it was capable for them, it is capable for you. You have the potential, you know, the other side of it is, you know, everyone's special. <laughs> like that's the other way you can <laughs> right. look at it too. <laughs> you know, it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. Um, and just enjoying the process. I love that you, you know, talk about that. You know, it takes time in our journey and our entrepreneur journey and what we're doing. It's just, it's going to take time being willing to put the time in and just enjoy the process, enjoy the journey, enjoy doing the things that you are telling yourself that you don't want to do and just shift it, shift your mindset around it and start enjoying it. And amazing things are going to happen because you're just going to be a happier person. When all of these things that you know, you need to do, you have a different shift, you know, in your mindset, you know, talked about outsourcing. Um, and the big thing, you know, just having that commitment to, to what's going to make your, your dreams happen, you know, are you actually committed? Amazing. So much good stuff here. (laughs) I really appreciate, um, appreciate your time and being here. Do you have any, uh, any last things you want to leave with the, with the audience?
1: Just, you know, keep going. That's the thing I would leave people with, because when you quit, you don't know who would have heard your story or who you would have inspired had you kept going. One of the things that inspires me to do podcasts like this is like, I remember being on my job full time and listening to people who's making this money and this stuff and like it gave me hope when i heard that oh this person was just a school teacher or oh this person used to work in sales outside sales too and i could relate and be like wow so somebody that either came from a space that i was in or something similar i could grab onto and say man if that person did it um i can too but if they quit and they never kept going then that podcast episode wouldn't have came out. I wouldn't have been able to relate to that story. I've been sitting there thinking the only people who can do this are special or unique in this uh, certain industry or whatever the case may be. And so just keep going because you never know who you're going to inspire. And you can't help anybody if you haven't gone through anything. I mean, can you imagine if I just came out the gate and was like, I never hired anybody. I just put out an offer and everybody bought it. And I quit my job and life was good. Can you imagine when you're like, so how did you deal with being married and building a business? Like put out an offer and everybody everything was good. It's like, well, how'd you deal with your first hire? How'd you build a team? How'd you scale? How'd you run? It's like first offer I ever put out just worked, right? Like that helps nobody. That helps nobody, right? So actually understand that what you're going through I always say like I'm getting the blueprint that I could pass to my little cousins to my son my daughter like I'm going through it so I can say here's the blueprint here's how you manage people here's how you build an online business here's how you do it while you're working a full-time job right like all the stuff that a normal person is probably going to go through in their life I have knocked down those doors to be like, Oh yeah. It came from a single parent household. Yeah. I can show you how to manage your time, how to get around and get mentored. Oh, you work a full-time job and you're married. Yep. I can show you how to build it part-time. Oh, you got kids too. Yep. I can show you how to hire schedule leverage yourself. Like what going through it allows you to really help somebody else. So embrace that. Don't wish the, don't wish the journey was easier. Right. Wish you were, wish you were smarter. Right. Wish you were tougher. But don't wish the journey was easier because your 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 that hard road is gonna be what allows you to share your story and for other people to resonate with it. They're not gonna resonate with it. the first thing I put out, everyone just bought it. Life was good. Like that helps nobody. Love that it. makes people think you're special. <laughs> well, okay, guess this person's special. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it that's so amazing. That's a great sentiment. It you know, it's that that level of you know, we're only going to be able to, the best way we're going to be able to serve our people is by having problems ourselves, because we have to then solve those problems. And those are the greatest assets that we can share and pass on. Not necessarily the, the successes, it's, it's the struggles, it's the journey. That's the most valuable process.
1: Yeah. Cause if you make a million bucks, people don't really say, how do you made a million dollars? They don't say that. What they really are saying is like, how did you start from nothing? Right. That's what they're really asking you. Like, how'd you do it? Like, I'm struggling, I got no money, I don't have an audience, I don't have an email list. That's what they're really asking you, right? Not, how'd you make a million dollars? You're like, oh, I made it by hitting send on this button and people got their credit card on. Yeah, but that's not what I'm really asking. How'd you build a following? How'd you get people to believe? How'd you get your messaging right? How'd you do this while working a job? How'd you do this with a wife? Like. That's what people are really asking you, right? So that's the part you won't need to either figure out or hire out. I mean, hire like a coach or a mentor. People hire coaches and mentors for like like help me run my ads. It'd be like you should be trying to really figure out what makes a successful person. Like, let me, if you want to hire somebody, like find somebody wealthy. Like, can I just pay you and follow you around for the day? And not not somebody that's wealthy and retired, right? Because like that might not necessarily help. But someone who's wealthy and like active, you start to see like, oh, he got up at six o'clock. I get up at eight. So he already got a two hour head start. Oh, he listened to an audio book in his car. I couldn't finish a book because I can't find time to sit down and read. But you're like, oh, that's the hack. He listened to an audio book while he dropped, right? So you if you just follow him around, you're like, okay, this person runs their day way different than me, way different. Had nothing to do with a funnel, an ad, this and that. It's like the way they hire people, look at systems, run their day, the time they get up. That's the stuff that nobody's really trying to pay for and what they probably should be trying to pay for, you know?
0: Love it. Yeah. And I'm curious, cause I do, I often ask this question and maybe we can keep it brief. Cause I've, you know, I was wrapping it up, but I would love to know if you can answer quickly. Cause I want to be mindful of your time is like some of your, your morning habits. Like what time do you wake up? You know, what are, what are the most important processes that you have in your routine that have helped you?
1: So it varies from different times in your life. When I was working my job, I would stay up late, get up early to get it done. Now that I got a little bit more time and got two young kids, um, two and six months, two years old and six months, like (laughs) sleep is precious. I'm not waking up to like eight, nine o'clock, you know, but lately I've been getting up at 5am, but I'd be, I don't do that every day. So really my habits is just making sure you're using the time that you have wisely. So um, typically throughout the day, I put my phone on do not disturb just because if my friends are texting me or calling on their lunch break, like you can really get caught up in like talking to them when you should be working on like your goals and your dreams. And then, you know, you look up eight hour days went by and now I'm trying to work after five o'clock when I should be spending time with my wife and kids. I'm like, well, what did I do the whole eight hours? Like, oh, I talked to my boy for an hour. I text this person back and forth a few times. So, that's probably one big hack is I just put my phone on do not disturb throughout the day. And then I check it when I'm ready. I also put my computer on do not disturb and cause all the Facebook messages and the pings and stuff start popping up. And it's just so easy to go down that, that, that rabbit hole. Um, I also write down like the top three things I want to get done for the day. And I try to call it a successful day if I at least get those things done. Cause You'll have a list of 10 things. You never get all 10 done. But I was like, if I get these three done, today was a success. So I try not to over plan my day because I used to over plan it. And then I would beat myself up and be depressed when I didn't get all these things done. When the reality was, there was no way I was going to get that stuff done. So I would set myself up for failure day after day after day. Then you get to a point where why even write it down. I don't finish any of it. (laughs) So... Then I went ultra minimalist. Like if I get this one thing done, then two things, no more than three. Anything after three is just bonus. Don't even write it. Just do it. If, it. if it's after three things, it's cool. But you start to venture into a dangerous place where you can't keep up that rhythm of doing 10 things a day. And so you ultimately set yourself up to crash. And then when you crash, you're like, I'm getting out of my groove. What's wrong with me? You start having all this negative talk when really just set yourself up to win every day. Because if you do 10 things one day, but you can't do that every day, the guy who can consistently do one thing, two things or three things, he's going to crush you. Because after a 30-day month, he's got 90 things done. And you got like one week where you did 10. The next week you took off. The next week, maybe you did 10. And so you look up in the whole month. And you got 20 things done. And that person did three things a day and they got 90 things done. And you're like, why are they crushing me? It's like, what you can do consistently is way better than how many reps you can put in one time.
0: Love it. So impactful. Love it. That's a great, great takeaway. You know, focusing on the three things. So simple. Make it happen. Do not disturb. Lastly, what's the best place for somebody to uh, get in touch with you, follow you, get a hold of you?
1: Best place is just uh swing by the website, the report.com From there, you can check out the YouTube channel, which is the Brown Report on YouTube. It's Brown Report on Instagram. Um, but like I said, instead of remembering all that, just go to the report.com or Brownreport.com on both domains. Um, and you can find all the other social handles and information about me there.
0: Love it. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, you know, for everything you've done for me again, previously, you know, you sparked me. So hopefully this will spark somebody else also, you know, on their journey to take them to the next level and start to make the things possible to build their dreams. So thank you so much.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And thanks for sharing that I impact you because it, it helps me want to get the story out there more to see who else we can help and change. So thank you too.
0: Absolutely. Love it. And thank you listeners for being here. I hope you enjoyed this lesson and this episode. Um, Check out Jason and remember, let's keep growing together. Wait, wait, one more thing. I would first like to say thank you. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this message, please take a moment to write a review. By writing a review, it helps people find this message and helps me help more people. And if you really, really liked it, and you think this message could help someone else, take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, and please tag me at Nick J. Bonnie N-I-C-K-J-B-O-N-I, so I can show my appreciation for you. We can all win by helping each other grow. Thank you. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon.